Welcome to the Flute Show with Florence Estrin. I'm Robert Estrin. Today is the second part of tonguing. Last week, Florence showed you how to approach tonguing on the flute. We covered a lot of interesting ground of different instruments and different registers of tonguing. This week is double and even triple tonguing. What's that all about and why is it even necessary? Florence, this is a great subject for people. Yes, well, as, as mentioned in the last video, there are times where the flute is required to play faster than is humanly possible to single tongue. <laughs> and uh, that's where double tonguing comes in. And why, why, why does double tonguing work? Uh, because you're using not just the front of the tongue with a t or a d or a two, but also the back of the tongue with a g or a g or a k or k. Not so much kit. No. I wouldn't use kit, actually. Okay. I mean, you can say ticket, 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 but you have to be pretty high up, if, more of a tucka, 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 tucka. Okay, so as we pointed out in the last video, if this all seems very confusing, you may want to watch the last video to understand <laughs> the different syllables. But anyway, um, we have sometimes have, actually, sometimes we have a passage that maybe you can single tongue, but it goes on forever. And it's just too fatiguing to be using the front part of the tongue the whole time. You just you just want to die, and and you lose the quality of your sound when your mouth is starting to you know ache and whatever. It's very hard to maintain a good sound. So you know you might use a double tonguing for something that you could single tongue at least part of it, but you find that you can't do the whole page that way. So that's another good reason for using double tonguing. And um, good ways to practice it, if you're starting with double tonguing, don't try to play all your pieces right away that way. Try to practice just the tonguing on the same note, <laughs> because it's the switching of notes that is what Maybe you could demonstrate this. Yeah, so maybe starting on uh, third space C, you start going through and don't worry about speed yet, just do it. Just get the ticka ticka or tucka tucka. And as you, and because at first it's going to be ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta, and you want to get it even. So that's the first goal is get the tongue even. And as you get it even, and use of a metronome is great for this, you put the metronome on, you start doing metronome speeds. But don't just stay on that C. Go down from there chromatically, go up from there chromatically, because as I pointed out in the last video, as you get to the different registers, you're going to want to change how your, your, the syllables work. So for the lower notes, you're going to go for more of a dugga 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 or a digga digga digga. For the, the higher notes, you're probably going to go more ticka 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 instead of tucka tucka tucka. And then, of course, within pieces of music, you may want to play around with that depending on the type of sound you want to get for the passage. If you want a wispy thing, you might want to use further back in the tongue, which would be more of a dugga 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 sound. I've heard you do double tonguing where I would never even believe it's double tongue because you can't even tell. It just sounds the perfectly uniform. Maybe you could demonstrate something so people can hear it because I think it's really cool sound. Okay, well what I also want to point out is that, um, okay, after, after you master being able to play double tonguing at a good speed, not switching notes, that's when you want to maybe look at some of your easier pieces or, or exercises where you want to incorporate double tonguing, not necessarily for the whole thing, but maybe even part of it. There might be some slurs in there. And 
because when you have to coordinate it while switching your fingers to different notes, that's the hard part. That's really where a lot of students get really stymied for a long time. It takes a while to get over that edge. Now, when you're practicing a passage that you know you're going to use double tongue, just because you know you're going to use double tongue when you get to this tempo doesn't mean you can't practice it at a much slower tempo. And I think that's really important because a lot of people just practice single tonguing, single tongue, and then they get to a certain point, it's like, oh, this is just too hard to single tongue, and suddenly switch double tonguing. And maybe they're not aware at that higher speed that they're not being as even. And what you want to think about is the evenness of all the notes over the beat. So if you have 16 notes, you want the four notes even over the beat. You don't want it to be taka taka, you know, like, like you know, two notes really close together and the other two notes with a space in between, which is the tendency. So you want to really try to think about getting it over the whole thing. So if I'm going to work on a passage, this is um, from uh, Carmen Fantasy. And, um, I might want to practice very slowly just so that I can get comfortable with making sure I'm not getting uneven with the tonguing. And then, of course, using the metronome, which I'm not going to go through all that because that would take a really long time, because <laughs> I go notch by notch. I highly recommend it. So that's very slow for double tonguing. What would it sound like if you played exactly the same thing single tonguing? Oh, better. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so single tonguing, of course, at that tempo is going to sound better, but you, this is for the sake of practicing because you want to be able to get it so that you can do it faster. So then I get it a little faster. And even faster. And I probably am not happy with that. I'd go back three notches <laughs> and do it again. And then I'd work up notch by notch by notch until I could get up to, you know, probably about 152 and, mm -hmm. and really play it fast. What's the fastest you can do that single tonguing? <laughs> I don't know the number. <laughs> I can try. <laughs> no, see, I can't. So yeah, you need I that it. double tonguing. I, I need the double tonguing. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I need the double tonguing. Yeah. But also, part of it is I've never practiced it that quickly, <laughs> right. single tonguing. If I, you know, if I had to, because that's right, not right. that long a passage. Yeah, yeah. And, and quite frankly, around it, there are slurred stuff. I probably could do it at that tempo and do right. a single tongue if I practice it that okay, way. Okay, well, for next flute show, <laughs> get that together so everyone can hear it. Except that I want to do it even faster, <laughs> right. whereas the double tongue comes into um, play. And one other thing I did want to mention, because one of the things that got to me, I had been playing actually a fairly good amount of time, and I, I had a good double tongue and everything, but I had trouble with both double tonguing and single tonguing sometimes for staccato. Mm. Uh, which you, with staccato, you want to start and end the note with, with a, a syllable, like a t, 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 you know, so, so you actually are s stopping the note too. Mm -hmm. And what used to happen to me is that my jaw would start bouncing. Hmm. And it's, you know, so you really don't want that to happen. 
because then the flute starts bouncing on your face. And it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of a crazy thing um, because so many times my teacher is saying, don't move jaw. I have, I have music that says jaw, jaw, jaw on a whole bunch of etudes boom, from boom, back boom, then. Boom, boom, yeah, right. And, I, and that was the same year that the, the movie came oh. out, by the way. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> for those who you, who don't know what he just alluded to, the, the movie Jaws. I think it's pretty <laughs> popular. <Okay. laughs> but anyway, uh, sometimes it's not a matter of just knowing not to do something, but you have to hear somebody do it correctly. And it was funny because I just happened to be, you know, listening to the radio, and it was actually it was a little showpiece. James Galway was playing, and he had this beautiful double tonguing going. And, you know, obviously his jaw wasn't bouncing the flute because every note was perfect. And it was really funny because as soon as I heard it, I realized how to stop moving my jaw. It wasn't mm. like I knew how to stop moving my jaw. I just knew how to play it that way. And I think the focus really is on knowing what you want to sound like and, and knowing, like, mm -hmm. you know, you just, it's not a matter of just getting the tongue working. It's a matter of getting your sound good also while the tongue is working and keeping it going and thinking the phrase. Yes. Well, because it, if you're just thinking about the actual mm -hmm. tonguing, that can be, that can, it's too analytical. It's the and music, it's after the music. all. It's the music. And when you mm -hmm. start thinking that way and you think the bigger phrase, there it falls go. into place. I tell you what, let's continue this next flute show and we'll hit on triple tonguing. Where okay. does this sound? Is it going to be quadruple tonguing? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. This is the Flute Show with Florence Estrin. I'm Robert Estrin. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.